Hello, and thank you for joining us on this podcast episode of That's in the Bible. I'm Bob Pauline. In our episode for today, we'll be responding to a question of a Mr. Randy Capilitan, who asks just a very uh, common question that we receive here. Uh, but Randy asks, what is the true name of God? Is Jehovah the name of God? Is it necessary to call Jehovah as his name? Different variations of this question have, like I said, often been uh, received here into our program and asked. So today, we're going to use once again the Holy Bible as a basis to respond to Randy's question and questions regarding the name of God that we've been receiving regularly, the different, all concerning the different names of God. How should we address God, dear friends? Does God even have a name? This is a very important question in our episode for today because, and it's especially important for those who want to properly worship God. So for us living in uh, this uh, day and age in the Christian era, we follow the lead of our Lord Jesus Christ since he's the begotten son of God He's the one, of course, qualified to teach us how to approach God as his children. And our Lord Jesus Christ does truly teach us this. And let's read his words in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Let's listen together, verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven. Dear friends, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, in this manner, pray. And if we read all the subsequent verses following that, is all the different guidance that he gave them relative to proper prayer. What was the first that we just read? How to address God. What did he teach? He said, our Father in heaven. So he taught his disciples, likewise all of us, he taught us how to pray and how to address God, and he does so by showing us how to call upon God, and what he taught was to call him Father. We call God our Father. Now, did Christ put into practice what he instructed his disciples concerning how to address God? When Jesus himself prayed, did he use a personal name of God when he uh, addressed God? Let's, let's check. In the book of John 17, verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. What did Jesus do when he prayed to God? He addressed God as Father not any uh, a specific personal name. Now, how else can we call God? And the apostles gave us some important additional insight on that. How did the apostles also uh, call God? In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. The apostles also prayed to God and likewise addressed him as Lord. So we're also taught then to refer to our creator as Lord. 
So, and, and that's because he's the one and only true and almighty, all-powerful God that we all came from. Therefore, he is our Father, and we should obey him because he is our Lord God. Now, dear friends, before we uh, start reading additional biblical passages here regarding uh, the name or names of God, a couple things we should understand regarding the significance of a personal name. Now, without getting into the meaning, meaning, the specific meaning of any particular name, let's just understand first what's the basic purpose of a personal name in the first place. Is it not to be able to identify one person from another? This is why there's always a link between a name and identity. And the truth is that names are a part of every culture, and they're of great importance both to the individual who receives the name or has been named and to the societies that have given them a name. Why? Because it's what helps distinguish, like I said, distinguishes one individual from another. That distinction is made by virtue of name. Okay, with all that having been said, because there is only one true God with no one else to mistakenly identify as another God. There's only one God. He does not have, nor does he need to have, a personal name like the rest of us do. Again, why? There's only one true God, so there's no need to distinguish him from any other. So in view of this, let's study the different names or appellations that the Bible does attribute to God and their, their meanings. For example, the Holy Scriptures introduces various names and appellations of the one true God throughout the history in the Holy Scriptures. For example, in Exodus 3.14, God, God addressed himself to Moses. Did God address himself to Moses with a personal name? What did he say? I am who I am. Or in some other translations of, of the Bible, when God introduced himself to Moses, he said, I will be what I will be. We can see how it makes very clear here that there was, there was no one else that uh, could be referred to as God. There was no need for God to give a personal name. He just said, I am who I am. I am who I will be. Uh, that's, that's it. He is God. He is the Father. He is the Creator. In Isaiah uh, chapter 42, for example, in, uh, in verses uh, 5 and 8, he, was, he also referred to himself, called himself as Lord. And also in the book of Exodus 34, 14, he likewise used the name Jealous. In Amos 5, 27, Amos 4, 13, he was also named God of Hosts. In Isaiah 57, 15, he's also named as Holy. What, what can we see? We can see here that when it comes to the names of God, the Bible gives so many various names. It would be wrong to just hone in on, on any one of them and say, that's the ultimate. No, there's no such basis for that. We find it necessary for a, a moment here, dear friends. Let's pause and tackle the claim of, of some 
okay, who say things like this, Jehovah, that's his one and only name, Jehovah. And there's an, another group popping up nowadays. They're, they're using the term Yahuwah. And they're insisting that's the one and only name of God and the only name that should be used in the reference to God. Since we already stated that God does not have a personal name like we do. Why? Because there's no other true God to distinguish him from. Let's learn how this term then, Jehovah, came about. And it's how it has also came to be viewed in the way that it's being viewed by others in the world nowadays. Dear friends, if we reference Hebrew manuscripts, Hebrew of course being the language of the Old Testament, one of the names of God cannot be pronounced, and it cannot be pronounced because it consists of four Hebrew consonants, yod Hey vav Hey. The Hebrew letters yod Hey vav and Hey, commonly referred to as the tetragrammaton. So when the scriptures were being read, and during that time, huh, and, and when one came across these uh, four consonants, which were not intended to be pronounced, their consonants, what would be pronounced is one of the other names of God. For example, as we read earlier, when God said, I am who I am, or I will be what I will be, or simply Lord. None of these are, of course, a personal name. Where and when did the name or term Jehovah come about? It was over a thousand years after the Bible's completion. It appears first in about 1520 AD when some thought these four consonants, which was, as I said earlier, not intended to be pronounced at all, they thought, well, it should be pronounced. So you might wonder, how did they pronounce a word or come, come to uh, pronounce a word that has only four consonants and no vowels. Well, what did they do? They simply just used the vowels of another word. And we can read this in the New International Dictionary of New Testament Theology. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what's recorded here in volume 2, pages uh, 69 and, uh, and 70. The form Jehovah arose out of a misunderstanding which in turn arose out of the reluctance of pious Jews to pronounce the divine name, circa 300 BC. Instead, they uttered the word Adonai, my Lord. In the Masoretic text, the divine name was written with the consonants of yod Hey vad Hey, and the vowels of Adonai as a reminder to say the latter whenever the word was read. The divine name appears as Yehovah in the Masoretic text. The form Jehovah is thus a malformation, giving what is virtually a transliteration of a word which is found in the text of the Hebrew Old Testament, but which was never actually used as a word. And you know, dear friends, the same point was made in the reference of uh, Harper's Bible uh, Dictionary, page 1036. 
Uh, le let's take a look at how they described what happened. The hybrid word Jehovah is a combination of the vowels of Adonai with the consonants of the Tetragrammaton. Its appearance in the King James Version was the result of the translator's ignorance of the Hebrew language and customs. Jehovah, as the supposed name of God, in which some believe is his only true name, it's a mistaken form of the divine name of the Creator. To insist on using this term in reference to God is, well, that's to propagate an error. It should be understood that God's name, God's name cannot be played with. It's important that God would be always addressed correctly. God's name must not be taken in vain, used uselessly, for he had laid down a very important prohibition on those who would invoke his name. What was that uh, prohibition? Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and read that in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let's simply follow the teaching, follow the example of our Lord Jesus, our Savior, and address God as Father. This is what we should all believe. This is what we should all follow, because that's in the Bible. Please feel free to email your questions about the Bible, about salvation, to answers at incmedia.org. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, That's in the Bible, and turn on your notifications for new episodes. I'm Brother Bob Pauline, and we hope you join us next time for more programming of the Iglesia Ni Cristo Church of Christ. To watch episodes of That's in the Bible, go to incmedia.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless.